Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Now, I thought I might kick off with a little bit of a quick quiz this morning as part of my message, but it's okay. It's not too difficult. I think most of you are going to be okay with these things. So looking at things that go together. So here's the first one, a knife and fork. There's a picture just in case you weren't sure what they look like. Got an image up there for you. There we go. Well done. So there's pictorial aids. Uh, They say in teaching circles that if you hear something and you can see something, it actually helps with the retention. So there you go. That's what a knife and fork looks like. How about this one? Salt and pepper. Fantastic. Uh, Bride and groom. Awesome. Hammer and Oh, nail, chisel, getting different trades coming in. Okay, degree of difficulty is increasing uh, a little bit. Okay, here's a trick one. You and Jesus. We're getting a bit spiritual. It's church. It's okay to be spiritual, isn't it, in church? And here's the final one. Fitly joined. So why is that last one up there? Well, because in the mornings we've been talking about Fitly Join. That's our overarching series for the mornings. And so, of course, this is a continuation of that that we are going to be looking at. So speaking of things that go together then, I thought we'd have a a look at a couple of Bible verses again, if that's okay. We normally do read our Bibles in church, plus other times as well. So let's have a look at our first scripture then. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. And of course, if you're on our new streaming platform, metrochurch.online, the notes are there for you electronically to read on screen and edit and save and email to yourself as a PDF, etc. Otherwise, you can take notes on your smartphone, other devices, or even pen and paper. Of course, we do hard copy notes for those that like to grab those on a Sunday. So make sure that you uh, grab those from our hosting when you come into the building, if you would like to be a part of those. So let's have a look then at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, which says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. A follow-on verse, same chapter, uh, just a few verses down. Still, so still in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but now through to verse 27. You now are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. So we are joined with the body of Christ, and each of us are a part of it. So certainly when we're talking about fitly joined, then these are the sorts of things that we are referring to, that we are a part of this. This is not just you know a club that you rock up to and, and listen to somebody speak and, and a social club where you have social connections. It is those things where you hear somebody speak, you do have social connections, but we've got a far greater purpose than just connecting together and just coming along and hearing messages. We are the body of Christ. God has designed all of us to be together, to join with him for specific purposes. And so, as I mentioned, uh, we're talking about fitly joined. And so my subtitle for this message today, if you want to take a note of that, fit for purpose, because we're going to find out just in this short time available this morning that we really are fit for purpose, the purposes that God has designed for us. Let's kick off then with my first point, unique by design, unique by design. Each of us are unique by design. And of course, that means um, designed by God. So we've all been designed by God, and therefore we are very much unique. The Oxford Dictionary of the meaning of unique says, being the one and only of its kind, unlike 
anything else. Have a look around right now and see if the person near you is unlike anything you've ever seen before. So we are definitely very, very unique. But in being unique then, why would God go to the trouble and the effort of making sure that he made each of us unique? Well, because we are the only person that God can do what he wants to do inside of, each of us uniquely, that is. So the things that he wants to do inside of us can only be done by us. And the people that he wants to reach through our lives, again, each of us are uniquely positioned to be able to do that. Not the person next to you, in front of you or behind you, but every single one of us have specific things that God wants us to be a part of. Now, you possibly heard things like that before, but I think if we have a greater realization of how unique we really are, And then if we overlay that with, obviously, God who created us, then we're going to get a much greater appreciation of the uniqueness and the power that it has in here. So here's a a brief list that I want to read out to you. 15 qualities that make each person unique. And this is pretty amazing. Now, there are, on the genetic side, our physical side, we've got those already. And a lot of us probably know some of the the top ones, fingerprints, um, our irises, of course. But did you know, genetically, there are 10 things that make every single human unique. So there's the fingerprints. Here's a strange one, but if you think about it, it's probably true. Our toe prints. Our toes actually have very similar patterns to our fingerprints. But the reason why I suppose the police don't do with toe prints at crime scenes is because most people wear shoes at crime scenes. But if they didn't, then I suppose they could do toe prints. Um, Our iris, um, of course, is unique. That's the color part of our eye. But also unique is the retina. So that's behind the black bit. And if you go to an optometrist, they will quite often look at your retina with this huge big magnifying glass and a bright light because they're unique things about our physiology that they want to make sure are all working the way that they should do. We've also got our voice, understandably. We've got our DNA, which modern medical science helped us understand. That was also unique. We've also got our ears. And forensically, people, uh, the police department are now actually also doing ear prints either a physical ear print or a digital scan of people's ears because every person's ears are unique. Our lips are also unique. Uh, So is our tongue, as far as the taste buds and the arrangement of all of those. Our teeth, obviously we probably understand that one. And also our gait, that means the way in which we walk. So those are just on the genetic side, there are 10 things. But then there's other aspects of us that also make us unique. Of course, we've got physical characteristics, uh, things like weight, height, bone structure, skin color, hair color, straight hair, curly hair, etc., etc. Then we've got our personality. We've got our attitudes. Are we more of an optimist or more of a pessimist? We've got the perspectives that we hold. Two people could go and see a movie and they could walk out and come out with a different perspective of what the story was all about within the movie. We've got habits. Some find it uh, easy to eat healthy and exercise. Some not so much. Some leave dirty clothes lying around. Some don't leave dirty clothes lying around. Our intellect, we've got different IQs. Uh, Some people are more geared academically, some not so much. We've got different learning styles. We've got different goals. Some people are very goal-driven, some not so much. We've all had different experiences. What one person finds an adventure, someone else thinks is a nightmare. Uh, We experience love and loss differently. Relationships. Many of us have lots lots of people that we like to connect with, others like a close, small few. There's our creativity, and we all are creative. 
but we've got different ways in which we express that. We've got passion, things that energise us that we really get quite excited about. There's our form of communication. Some people use lots and lots of words, some not so many. Some people are incredibly demonstrative with gestures and some not so much. Some people speak loudly, some speak softly. There's humour. What we find amusing differs from one person to another. And then there's taste in food, in clothes, good and bad, um, and also in music. So just a snapshot that wasn't meant for you to list all of those, but just like if you think about it, wow, there is so much that goes into every single one of us. And when you add all of those elements together, we are so incredibly unique. Now, some of those things, they're just life experiences, but they are still unique. And if we make ourselves available to be used by God, he can use every single one of those. So let me round out this first thought then on the fact that we are very much unique by design. Here's another scripture for us. This is Psalm 37 and verses 3 to 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. So again, that is a promise, that is a declaration from God to us. And if you look at that part that says God giving us the desires of our heart, well, if God created us, then who do you think put those desires right there? For intent, for purpose, and for reason. So that's unique by design. Let's move on to my second point then, which is also the title of the message, Fit for Purpose. So the definition of fit for purpose is to be able to do the job it was designed to do. So in our lives, and I'm proposing to you that we are all fit for purpose, then we are able to do the things that we were designed to do for God, with God, and in every other sphere of our life. But being fit for purpose and getting the right things doesn't always happen that way. I've come up with a I did a bit of a research here and found some things that uh, weren't necessarily fit for purpose. And so quite often when you're purchasing something or you're trying to obtain something, you want to make sure that what you're getting is what you are thinking of getting and you know the plans and the purposes. So here's a couple of items that were catalogued by Choice Magazine, if you're familiar with that magazine. New car brand X had a sticker inconspicuously placed on the inside of the roof rails with a warning. Roof rails are for cosmetic purposes only. Do not use. Why would you get the roof rails then other than a uh, bit of a profit-spinning thing for the car company? Here's another one. Uh, A customer noticed a mountain bike for sale at a department store with a warning, not suitable for off-road use. If you know what mountain bikes are about, that's exactly what they're about. And then there's sometimes us not really understanding what something is meant to be used for. And uh, here's another one that, well, this I can relate to this. Uh, one of my previous jobs that I used to have was looking after a, a computer IT help support desk. And so we used to get some really interesting calls. Uh, so here's one here. A computer IT help desk team received a call from a person complaining that they could not view the computer monitor correctly unless they laid their head on the desk. Once the monitor was rotated by the support team, the problem was solved. You know, think about that one for a little bit. So you can have a whole bunch of things, but if you don't know what they're designed for, 
then you either use it wrongly or you just don't utilize it for what it was actually designed for. So for us then, we need to understand that we are fit for the purpose that God has created for us. But there's knowing that and then there's actually doing something with that. Because I'm sure we all appreciate this. Most of us probably know how to exercise. But how many of us put that deliberately into our life at a level that would actually be of great benefit to us? There's knowing and there's doing. Let's have another look at another scripture then. This is Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I'll just get you to leave that uh, scripture up there for a few moments. Thanks on, on CG there. Because I want us to have a bit of a, an analysis of just that one very short verse. And I'm going to do it in reverse, as in I want to look at the, the second part of that verse, first of all, which says, but the Lord establishes their steps. Well, you don't take steps unless you are actually moving. And that scripture is to us from God. So there's the implication then that he wants us to be moving. He wants us to be taking steps. So that's a requirement. That's really what God is wanting us to actually do. Then if we go to the first part of that verse, in their hearts, humans plan their course. Well, planning is an action thing. You've got to be thinking about it. You've got to be working out what will I do? How will I achieve what it is that I'm actually doing it? So the fact that God has put that verse there means that it's his intention that we do make plans for our lives and that we put those plans into action. Thanks, Tim. You can uh, move that off the screen there. So we are talking about fit for purpose. And if you think, oh, gee, this is sounding a little bit heavy, particularly on a Sunday morning, and if you're joining us live stream uh, after the event, it was Sunday morning when I spoke this, it's not that hard and it's not that difficult as far as being fit for purpose. So the good news is really there's no pressure in that regard. It's just you being you. It's not hard being you. The hard bit is when you're trying to be like somebody else. I remember many years ago when I first came into the church world uh, because I, I wasn't always a Christian and I got to see people standing up here like me, I suppose, delivering messages pretty much like this. And I got to see all different types of personalities and different styles. And I got incredibly confused thinking, wow, if I was ever to do something like that. And, and as an early young Christian, I, I really did have a strong sense in my heart that this is the kind of thing that God had for me down the track whenever that was going to take place. And so as a baby Christian, I'd be looking around going, how am I ever going to do that? I was trying to overlay myself onto those people's personalities onto their personas and thinking, how am I ever going to do that? So any wonder that I got incredibly confused thinking, how do I do all this? How do I be funny and serious and insightful and, you know, be all over the place and be engaging and be entertaining? It was just like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. And so I realized, you know what I can do? I can be me. I can do Bruce. That's pretty easy. Now, of course, all of us hopefully want to try and get better at all that we do. And so I've endeavored to do that over the years is to, you know, refine and learn and try and get better. But at the core, I'm still actually me. And I should be because that's what God designed me to be. He didn't want me to be somebody else. He wanted me to actually be me. So it's the same for all of us. It's not that hard to let your life be used by God for the fit purpose that he has actually designed you for. 
at the most simplest of levels. It's like our personality styles. If you were to do a very broad summary, you could say some of us are more extroverts, some of us are more introverts. You don't have to try. That's just the way that you are. So it's pretty much the same as far as being fit for purpose and who you are. But here are some other clues then as far as, well, what do those sorts of things look like? Well, there's passion. Passion is kind of like the where things. It's the arena, the spheres of life, the things that you are really excited about, the things that energize you. You know, if we got to talk with each of you individually for a few moments, we'd ask the things that you were interested in and we'd tell pretty quickly whether you're really interested in those things or you're just making idle chit-chat. So that's what you mean by passion. And so it's really great to understand what are your passions, what are the things that you are passionate about. And again, there's really not a lot of work required because have a look at some of your hobbies, the pastimes, the things that you enjoy doing. I'm sure none of you decided if you're into, I don't know, gardening, I must get into gardening. Gardening will be my hobby. It will be my passion. Now, many of you decide maybe you realize you needed to do it if you got your own home. But if it's really your passion, we don't need to talk you into it. It's just going to come naturally. So in regards to what you are passionate about, then just have a look around your life. What are the things that you enjoy? And here's the kicker. Do you know God can actually use those? The number of conversations that I've had with people over the years with the most benign, neutral types of things. I'm just, I'm just interested in lots of different things. And so I can have a conversation with most people about at least something in their life that I can relate to. Now, part of that's been intentional for me because I want to be able to start having conversations with people. But I've just got a lot of interests as well, really weird ones, which I won't get into because I'm going to embarrass myself. But, you know, I don't have to try and be interested in those things. I just am. And so I just have conversations with people. And I had one this morning with someone. They made some sort of comment to me and I said, oh, by the way, I used to dot, dot, dot. And so it wasn't a chore for me to talk about an aspect of my life. It's just something that I enjoyed that um, I did at a, at a particular point in time. There's different gifts that we've all got, different abilities, different skills uh, on there. And again, you don't need to try and work on those. Those are just giftings and abilities that you've got. When I asked about the pairs of objects, salt and pepper, knife and fork, did they hammer one and someone said hammer and chisel? My clue there was that person is probably a carpenter because most of us thought about nails or nothing at all, and that's okay as well. So obviously those are gifts, those are abilities. So we don't need to be thinking uh, too much about those things either. It's just making yourself available. You know, when I think about Jesus when he, he gathered his 12 disciples, I'm pretty sure that he didn't just randomly choose anybody. He knew who he wanted, but they were also very different. And if you don't know how different they were, spend some time reading the Gospels, the first four chapters of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you read about the antics um, and the mindsets and some of the weird things that some of these disciples actually got up to. So they were all incredibly unique. They didn't need to be unique. They just pretty much were. And so Jesus wanted that uniqueness. He wanted that difference. He wanted all those things that were inside of every single one of those just like he wants all the things that are inside every one of us as well. You just do what comes naturally. Now, hopefully, if you've got some great people in your life or people that know you really well, they can probably give you some insight 
if you are kind of like scratching your head going, I'm not really sure yet, and that's okay. It can be a life journey for some people to find out what they're really, really good at. For example, when I was really young as a, as a child, um, my, uh, my mother said to me one time, and it was quite incredible because my family upbringing hasn't been one where you talk about things like this. Their goals in life were grow up, don't break the law, be a good person, get a job, and die. I mean, they weren't that negative about it, but that was pretty much the life schooling that I got from the family that I grew up in. And that's not a negative thing necessarily that I say, but they just weren't into the whole big picture thing. They weren't about thinking about people and thinking about what your life was actually going to be like. I'd recently read a, uh, a biography um, on a very famous um, Australian explorer. I won't mention his name just publicly, but it doesn't really matter. But what was interesting about the biography is that this person, and if I mentioned the name, you would know him, by the way, but this person did amazing things in the early uh, part of Australia's history, absolutely amazing things. But at the same time, their personal life was an absolute train wreck, total mess. Anyway, so I knew my dad would probably be interested in this. So I was around their place a couple of months ago and I took the book around. I said, hey, dad, here's a book. You, I've just finished reading it. Uh, you might find it interesting. I did. And as soon as they saw the cover, they thought, oh, yeah, I know that person. That's great. And I said, look, it's a really interesting read. I said, but um, unfortunately, the guy didn't really live a great life personally. He achieved a lot of things, but he didn't achieve a great personal life. And seriously, my dad looked at me just as blank look. He's like, what do you mean? The thought that I would comment on someone's character and what their life was like, separate to their achievements, there just wasn't really a connect. And again, not a criticism necessarily with my parents. That's just not the way that they were wired. Probably their parents didn't talk about those things either. So praise God, you get to be hearing a message like this, where I can absolutely tell you, God wants you to have a greater understanding about your life and what he wants to do in you and through you. And it won't be hard. It will just be you. It will just be something that comes naturally. So how did I get there? With that upbringing, my mother said something quite amazing to me when I was a child. I think I must have been about seven or eight. She said to me, you know, Bruce, you're really good at explaining things. You should be a teacher when you grow up. And that was the beginning and the end of her career advice. But she, I mean, she nailed it on the head because Hopefully you've been able to understand me this morning that I like to explain things in a way that people understand. If I'm just spilling off facts and figures for the sake of it, then what's the point in that? So I do acknowledge there is a God-given gift in my life to be able to explain things, to teach things. And so my mother, as someone who's still not yet following God, she actually saw the gifting, the ability inside of me as well. So if you're not sure about the things that God has placed inside of you, just have chats, inquiring, have, start opening conversations with the people that are in your life and say, what do you think I'm good at? What have you observed in my life? Because sometimes we don't realize the things that are inside of ourselves. But I can tell you for sure, God wants you to know what those things are because he has designed each of us to be fit for purpose. Okay, so that's my second point. Let's go on to uh, my third point, the last one here. Joined with purpose. Now, this might be a case of, yep, Bruce, thank you very much. Got all that. I've pretty much worked out what I'm passionate about. 
I know mostly what I'm gifted at doing and I've had great experiences and I do have a, a reasonably good self-awareness to all those things that you listed off, particularly the character traits, so my attitude and my personality styles and, and my outlooks on life, and, and I pretty much know all of those things. Well, that's fantastic. Then keep on doing what you are doing. Keep on producing. Keep on reminding yourself that you do really fit and that you are called to be doing the things that God has called you to, because that is just as important. Knowing who you are in God, knowing what he wants you to do is just as important. In fact, it's incredibly important when you get tired, when you get discouraged, when there might be some obstacles or some challenges or some frustrations that come along your way. Here's what the enemy, one of the enemy's lies will be. You were never really dot, dot, dot. You're not really all that good at dot, dot, dot. So it's great to know and remind yourself and remind the enemy, of course, as well, the things that God has called you to do and the things that he has equipped you for. So they're great for you to be able to know that. Those mindsets and having that awareness brings it back into focus and it brings you back to what God wants to do in you. I'm regularly thanking God for the person that he has created me to be. And I thank him for the opportunities that I get to have conversations with people, the things that I get to serve him in the life of the church and outside the church. I'm regularly thanking him through acknowledgement. And by doing that, I'm opening up my heart to him saying, thank you again, God, and here I am, use me, and away you go. So that's really important. Here's a scripture that talks a little bit about that as well. This is Luke chapter 8 and verse 8. This is the parable of the sower, uh, if you, you might have heard about it uh, previously been talked about. So just one verse here. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. And I love that aspect of that parable. And there's conjecture, there's theological debates about why would the sower throw seed that necessarily didn't fall on good soil my take on that whole parable is that we are the soil and in our lives we get to be the good soil, the not so good soil or the soil that doesn't have great value. We get to be, we get to choose how much God gets to use us. I want to be the good soil. I want to be the one that produces great fruit for him a hundred times or more. And so let me encourage you, be that good soil Allow God to continue to grow fruit uh, through you. If you've still got breath in your lungs, then there's fruit that God wants to create in and through you. So if you haven't understood it already, God has absolutely created us for an amazing purpose. Here's a scripture uh, that talks about that. This is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That verse is for every single one of us. Now, I don't know everyone's backgrounds here, obviously, and I don't know how much of the Bible verses you come across. If you don't read the Bible on a regular basis, I strongly encourage you. It's a really good thing to do. God wants you to. Um, it's the only way that you're going to understand what God thinks about you and what he wants to say into your life. And so it's my pleasure to open up some of these verses to you in a message like this, because for some of you, you may never have actually seen these verses and you may never have heard somebody explain it like I am saying, hey, 
God's got things inside of your life that he wants you to be able to do. And here's a verse that shows you exactly that. Because I get it. I remember what it's like to be, as a new Christian, I remember what it's like to be someone who doesn't necessarily know where to find all these things in the Bible. So you can read your Bible devotionally, and that's great. And you can allow the Holy Spirit to to talk to you and give revelation and go, wow, that's so amazing, God. But there's also another aspect of reading the Bible where God wants you to be empowered and to be equipped. And so that's why coming along and being a part of messages like this is a great thing that you get to do for yourself spiritually. And it's my job to pick out verses like this that can help teach you about things like that. So I I pray that you've got a receptive spirit and you're grabbing all of this meat uh, that uh, we're looking at this morning. So God definitely wants to use us. And here's a, a final verse here, again, talking about growing. This is Colossians chapter 1 and verses 9 to 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord Please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. Now, of course, all that starts, all that becomes applicable, the switch gets flicked if you know Jesus as your Lord and as your Saviour. And if you're walking with God and you're following him and you're allowing Jesus to guide and direct your life. And in the building and online, If any of you don't know Jesus in that way, then here is your opportunity right now because he absolutely wants you. There's a verse in the Bible that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's him saying, I sent Jesus for every single person in the world. And so that's every single one of us. So if you don't know Jesus, it is so simple. You know, when the I mentioned briefly before about Jesus and when he gathered his disciples, he was just walking along the beach walking down the road, and he just said to people, come, follow me. He didn't say, but only if you know this and you do that. He just said, come, follow me. He was asking people to be open and to be willing to follow him. And that's all he's doing right now. He's just saying, come to me. And all you need to do is say yes to him. Now, there's a couple of ways in which you can do that. You can say yes in your heart right now, and I encourage you to do that. But more than saying yes is that, you need to take some sort of an action. You can't just think the word yes. I want to encourage you, make some decisive action. Say it quietly under your breath at the moment if you want to. Say it out loud if you're comfortable enough to say that wherever you might actually be. But we want to help you with that. So we've created a couple of, one of the key ways in which you can say your yes to Jesus and put it into action. So we call it yes text. And so if you've got a mobile phone, then we ask you to text the word yes, Y-E-S, through this number, which is coming up on your screen, 0488-826-392. That's if you're in Australia, of course. Text the word yes. Now, if you want to do this and get an, um, what will happen then is that we will send you a Bible verse and a sample prayer every day for the next 30 days. It'll come in the morning if you're in Perth time. And we do that so that you get to start your journey with Jesus, reading a little bit of the Bible at the very least. And that's all we'll do is send you those text messages. Now, if you want to get that, but you're not in Australia, or you'd like to get an email version of exactly the same thing, you can do that. Head to this website, yes.metrochurch.org.au. 
And again, every day you'll get a Bible verse and a sample prayer to pray with that. That's an acknowledgement of you saying yes. You can, and you think, is that sufficient, Bruce? I'm just texting yes, or I'm going to that website and I'm typing in the word yes. Does that count? Well, if you mean it in your heart, absolutely it does. I said a verbal yes to Jesus and I meant it and it counted and it will for you also. So I would like to pray for everybody right now, um, particularly those that are going to be taking that response. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time. I thank you, Jesus, that you are saying, come, follow me. And Lord, I pray for every single person that maybe they're sitting on the fence, they're pondering, they're thinking about this, thinking, well, can it be that easy? Is that all I need to do? Father, I pray that you will encourage those people that don't know you, Jesus. Maybe they've followed you previously and they've fallen away and they're unsure whether you know, they need to say yes again. If there's any uncertainty, then Lord, prompt them as well. So I pray for every person responding to this right now, whenever they hear it, whether they're hearing it live or whether they're hearing it because they're joining this service sometime afterwards online. Pray for every single person that it would be more than a yes. It will be a decisive yes. It will be one that will change their lives like nothing has ever done before. I pray for them. I pray for their salvation for the rest of their lives that they will get to follow you and serve you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.